Welcome to the Newscape Higher Ed Podcast, featuring your hosts, Don Betts and Mark Stansberry. This episode is the fourth in a multi-part series on five key factors for campus success. In previous episodes, Don and Mark have discussed culture, creativity, and collaboration and connection. In this episode, they discuss the fourth key factor, communication. This podcast is brought to you by Newscape Higher Ed Advisors, helping university leaders effectively serve their faculty, staff, students, and community. Visit newscape.us to find out more. Welcome to another episode of Newscape Higher Ed Advisors. I'm Mark Stansbury. And I'm Don Betts. Don, we've covered several subjects, topics over the last uh, several episodes, and including uh, culture, creativity, collaboration, connection. And today we're going to be talking about communication and the importance of communication, especially uh, the first question will be about how effective can we be in the crisis regarding communication. Before we go into that question that uh, I would hope you to uh, deliver is a message from you and me, uh, in regard to uh, the crisis that we have today, and I know you have a message to deliver. Well, Mark, uh, thank you, and uh, and everyone that uh, takes time to listen into what Mark and I have been discussing uh, since back in late December and then into January and February, uh, we began to uh, under the umbrella of Newscape to discuss with our colleagues or board members or presidents or aspiring in those particular directions. A number of issues that we think were, continue to think are relevant and important. And it's almost as if we began in one era and now we're speaking to you in another. And it's a very transitional era, but an incredibly important one. So we think back to those early days when we talked about the importance of culture and looked at the other areas of collaboration, et cetera. We were doing it in a in a pre-coronavirus environment and at a time when we were dealing with a number of very substantive issues on every campus in the country. And then the world changed around us. And I think part of the message that Mark and I want to convey today, and I guess throughout the time we have a chance to speak with colleagues around the country and the state, et cetera, is that we really understand and appreciate the challenges that you are facing. And if a person has had 50 years of experience they haven't passed through this unique set of circumstances before. But some of our colleagues who are new in their positions or have been there for a long time, they're now facing issues that literally transcend the campus, the country, and are now embracing the globe. But they have very real consequences on the campus, the real lives of real people every day. And we have made lists and had conversations about leadership traits, et cetera. But I believe that all of that comes to bear now on how, in fact, you lead in a time of crisis, a real crisis, crisis that is not going to be resolved in a day or a week, even though it will change. Um, and how do we continue to build that sense of trust and that what I believe is central and also that sense of resilience so that we can continue to be the kind of leaders who bring out the very best in those of us who are very challenged right now. And as you build the new environment in which higher education will take place, that you continue to focus on those values and those virtues that make higher education the unique part of uh, 
the human experience than the American experience that it is. I, I, when we do programs like this and we're a bit isolated, I guess, in our own ways uh, from one another, speaking to each other through the medium, there's a tendency to think that we can speak about these things in the abstract. This is very real. It's very material. Uh, and we understand that. And I just wanted to make a couple of opening comments, Mark, in that vein, because I didn't want, um, I guess, our colleagues to think, well, they have a certain number of things they want to talk about. And no matter what happens, they're going to go ahead and they're not acknowledging that I'm dealing with as a president, as a board chair, as a board member. I'm dealing with a set of, set of circumstances that quite literally I have not faced before. And, and some of our institutions may face dramatic reconstructions, reconfigurations, maybe even some will be forced to close. But even those that are vibrant, they're going to have to create new modes of decision making and make and make decisions that they probably thought they didn't have to make even a few weeks or months ago. So our empathy is high. Our sense of your role is strong and that we applaud and salute what you've done and what you're going to be doing over the next several weeks and months in front of us. Effective, effective communication is a vital part before this happened, but even more so now. And how do you see us becoming more effective uh, as communicators, both as a board chair or president, uh, as board members in the community and so forth, how do we become effective, especially under this uh, environment we're under? Well, talk about a challenge to communication. I mean, we are we are living it as we're talking about it. And those individuals that we know and care for our colleagues around the state and the country, they are figuring this out literally every day. Um, just today, I was looking at a set of Harvard Business Review reports, one back from 2018, where they did a review with a couple of hundred leaders from around the world about what are those characteristics of leadership, com which combine to make you an effective leader. And second on the list after ethics was communication. It just, Mark, it just comes up on everybody's list. But it's not just about how much you communicate, it's about how effective you communicate. It's about when to communicate, what the messages should be. And I think often we have find ourselves with the right heart to want to communicate appropriately, but may not know the right sequence the right terminology, sometimes even the right amount of time. Sometimes a, a communication is most effective in a matter of a minute or two as opposed to an hour or two. And other times it might require a great deal of explanation and explication. But one of, the, one of the resounding features of effective communication, at least for me, over time, has been the notion of clarity. And that means that when you communicate with whomever it is through whatever medium, you have to ask yourself, uh, ex post facto, I guess, did that mean anything to anybody? Did anybody understand what I was actually saying? Did it make sense? Did I understand the issues well enough that I could explain it in such a way that it was clear to someone who might not even know what the subject was? And I think that's one of the continuing challenges for any leader, whether it be educational or not. How do you, in fact, create the milieu, the terminology, the construct of what you're trying to say in a way that is so clear that a person walks away understanding it and then can use the information, the communication, the sense, the urgency, et cetera, and the work that they have to do. So, Mark, I would start off with clarity for sure. 
I agree with you, Don. I, I think clarity is right at the top of the list. And uh, that is so important, especially uh, from a board chair. Um, the Right now, the communication from a board chair should be that coming from a board chair, uh, not from all board members. I believe it's important to have one voice as it is to have one voice from a president uh, and to, to deliver the message. Of course, sometimes you do have uh, messages coming from an executive director of a board or uh, a communication officer from the president's office. But at the same time, it needs to be uh, concise as much as much as possible, be concise. And also knowing who the audience is, how it's delivered, because there's a lot of messages going out, whether it's to the students, uh, to the community, uh, to legislators or a combination of all of those. And so it's important to have correctness. I think uh, being correct is, is important, along with being concise, uh, have the facts, and be very direct and because people are trusting, uh, trusting what you're saying. And that's, that's so vital in this, uh, in this environment, for sure. Um, and I think there's something to add to that is that the leadership uh, stepped forward, and they have in so many ways. I'm very proud of the colleagues across the nation and across our state that have stepped forward, Don, they, they've really uh, taken this on, stepped up. Uh, and so uh, I think that's very valuable as well. And people see that. And it's so important now to do that. Uh, Mark, I, I agree. And I think you're um, reinforcing the message of clarity uh, is right on the money. A second dimension of communication, as I think about this, has to do with consistency. And by that, I don't mean that the message is always the same, but there has to be threads of consistency. And those are usually wrapped around uh, issues of uh, mission uh, values and virtues of the institution, the overall culture of an institution. Again, Mark, you and I have emphasized that. I think from the first moments we began to talk through Newscape to our, to our colleagues. But that consistency is such that when someone um, hears you reads what you've written, understands your communication, that they understand it in a, in a, con, in a consistent format, a consistent um, messaging, that they're, that they're not going to find that the values are going to change quickly because in a new message, you're coming up with a whole new, not just a new way to approach things, but a new reason why we do what we do. That consistency over time, along with clarity, are two of the contributing factors of very important dimension for any leader, and that is the building of the reservoir of, of trust. You, you, cannot, you cannot find a more significant value um, and attribute of an effective leader than trust, because trust is the glue that connects you to those people that you serve as in that leadership position, and them to you. So they trust you only to the extent that they can understand you, that they can believe you, and then they can see that what you've said and what you've done are is in fact congruent. So the clarity connect with the consistency, and that actually it doesn't resolve the challenge in front of us. It doesn't take it away, but it provides a modicum of, if I may even word comfort or at least um, familiarity, that allows you as the uh, as the member of the team to say, okay, we don't have this solved yet. We don't know all the challenges. We're still figuring this out, but we have 
a way of connecting with each other. We understand each other. And we have a leader who is keeping us not just well-informed, but also well-motivated. And at the same time, um, helping us see that as a group together that we have more value and more able to address these issues than if we try to do it on our own. So this is a wonderful time for a leader to reinforce via consistency and clarity the message of the team, which you and I will be talking about in a, in a subsequent podcast. Yes, going back to uh, culture, which we started off with as one of the episodes, I, I think that the president and the board chair and their leadership roles are important, more important than ever. And that's when, you know, I've seen uh, corporate boards and from the, the uh, higher, not only higher ed, uh, but other nonprofits where the leader is calling uh, not only their VPs, but faculty, uh, shareholders, corporate uh, leaders, among other in- industries, encouraging them in the communication, we're here together. We're going to work through this together. I think together is a big, important part of this communication, but no one's by themselves. There's too many people out there concerned, as, as, and it's not, a, not an issue because we're all there. It's fear and anxiety uh, of the future. Uh, what is our future going to be? So the security of having a leader there that's going to get us through this storm and will keep us, I would use the word calm, because right now we need calm communication to be a calming force. And that leader is essential to do that. And so I would emphasize that where this president, the board chair, they reach out to their, their faculty, their students, be, be seen and show that you're, you're compassionate and you do care in a big way. And I know that, that I've seen from other colleagues, they're doing that. Uh, it's again, again, I would say it's called stepping up and they're doing that. And I, I encourage you to keep doing that. You Mark, your comment about, about the calm uh, dimension of this is really significant. I'm so pleased that you raised this. It's one that really ties up to the clarity, the consistency, the, the, the issues can be and are dramatic and sometimes a bit overwhelming. And some of the decisions that will have to be made will change the direction of an institution and individual lives in the process. But there is a quality that a leader can exude, not of being um, uh, indifferent. That's not the issue when you're calm. It means that you understand the issues, but you also understand your own capabilities and your colleagues. And also you understand the fact that there will be issues that you will confront that you don't have the answers for. But that's why you have the team and that's why you have the opportunity to connect with one another to work through those issues. So the calm allows people or permits people or encourages the team to actually think more clearly, act more rationally and to connect with one another as opposed to thinking always or acting always in a state of frenzy, which I'm convinced I've never seen work very well for anyone. But the calm factor, I think, is really significant. I'm so glad you raised it. Another that I'd like to bring up, Mark, in the little time we have with the colleagues in these podcasts, actually two more points. One is in communicating with clarity and and consistency in a manner that can be calming, I think the the communications over time, particularly of a significant set of issues like we face now, has to be or should be comprehensive. Why do I say that? Because I think there is the way to present this information or present this situation, which 
while um, being sim simple is not simplistic. In other words, there is a way to speak about very complex issues that can give the listener and the team other team member a much richer, fuller, more complete sense of what's going on in a more comprehensive way so that they don't look back and say to themselves, gee, you left out a whole dimension of the challenge that we never understood because you spoke about only about X or Y, but forgot about Z or F or whatever. And I think, okay, so there's, there's a, almost a juxtaposition between simplicity or being simple, which means clear, and at the same time being comprehensive. And I think I used to, uh, I used to challenge students in class about, I wanted them to be comprehensive and yet concise. I wanted them to think clearly and then to be able to express themselves in a way that summarizes the issues briefly as opposed to taking pages and pages. So too, uh, a leader needs to have a very comprehensive overview presented in a way, to borrow your term, Mark, that's calming, but also in a way that's simple in terms of its basic points, but comprehensive in terms of its scope. And while that might seem a little bit of a dichotomy, it really isn't. When you do it well, you know it, and it really pays off. And that really does lead those that you are leading and those that are part of your team into an enhanced sense of trusting you. Because you've now been able to help them understand an issue that perhaps when you began, they didn't understand, coupled with the fact that they have reason to believe your actions and your words because you've demonstrated over time that deepens the trust reservoir and that makes the team more able to address these problems and these challenges that could be overwhelming to any singular person not interacting with others. Communication among the presidents and the boards uh, are are important today because of all the messaging, but also deliverability. It's important that the board be informed at all times from the presidents, even more so now. Um, when there's an issue at hand, uh, the board needs to know uh, they definitely don't want to be uh, blindsided by information they hear on TV uh, that, it, that involves a campus and so forth. They need to be involved from the beginning. As soon as they hear the president hears or the VPs hear about an issue, uh, it needs to be addressed not only by the university and, and taken on uh, immediately, of course, but also the board needs to be informed because the community is counting on also the board members to be informed, up to date. And if we're not up to date as board members, then uh, we may give out information that's not correct. And that's correctness is very important. And so I think this communication on also planning. And right now, uh, it's, it's almost uh, on hold. People say, well, we can't plan. But there, is, there are always options on planning, uh, whether it's by month, uh, two or three months down the road, quarterly or yearly or a couple of years down the road, uh, that thinking cap is on because we need to be looking down the road and looking if, if, if not if, but when uh, the campuses are reopened. Uh, and of course, I'd say if it's open a month from now or if it's open quarter, you know, quarter from now. But when it's opened, we need to be ready. And what will that look like? And get a look at the options there. So there's a lot of communication that's going to be going on that needs to start now, not waiting, and look at all the options for the planning 
of our future because it is a digital and it's again brick and mortar as well. How do you combine that and become effective? How do you keep safety as a priority um, and also be secure in that? So we've got a lot of challenges ahead. The challenge is before us. We can meet that challenge. I see uh, again colleagues stepping up in a big way, but we're going to have to be ready for when the doors open. Uh, that we're ready for uh, that result, and results are important to our students. We've got to plan ahead because these students are looking at their future, and I can't imagine being confronted with what we face today, uh, what they're facing today as a student. Back when I was a student, I would have gone, oh, my goodness, how do we get through this? And what now do I go into? What's going to be my major after I get through with this? What will I be able to deliver? What are the expectations? So a lot of anxiety, a lot of uh, clarity is ahead of us, but uh, we'll be talking about next episode about team building, and that will be part of this uh, communication effort as well. And Mark, I'm really pleased under the umbrella of communication that you reinforced the relationship between the board and the president or the chancellor. I think this is absolutely essential, and oftentimes we think, well, the president must be communicating with all these different constituencies and all these different publics. And they must, but a prime connection, particularly in times of challenge, uh, is with the board. The board is um, a chief conduit, not only uh, connecting board members to the institution, but connecting the institution to the public that it serves, as you've rightly mentioned. That board becomes an advocate and an interpreter, uh, a supporter, a clarifier in the, the broader public about what the institution is about and really can, especially if it's an appropriate sync with the president, as you mentioned, reinforce the messaging and reinforce the role and the responsibility that the institution has, not only to its students, which is primary faculty and staff, but also to the community where they play extraordinary roles economically, socially, culturally, politically, et cetera. So your emphasis on the board and the board's role is something that I really hope is taken away from this session on communication. As a president, your relationship with the board in many ways dictates your uh, future and your ability to continue to serve that institution in the appropriate way as president. Uh, If those relationships are not in good standing and are not clear, if the communication is not working well, That doesn't help the president. It certainly doesn't assist the board, and it certainly doesn't advance the institution. So it's very primary. Another dimension before our time slips away here regarding communication, we talked about clarity and consistency, comprehensiveness, remaining calm, is the notion of expectations. And I'm sorry, I can't put that with a C in front, but and that simply is that part of that communication and that you want to make sure is is complete is that the expectations are understood. They're understood by those in your te- on your team. They're understood by those that you serve. What do we want from one another? What is part of the plan that the president and the team sees that each one of us can roles that each one of us can play in order, in fact, to address the issues before us? Those expectations need to be clear. Back to simplicity issue. They also have to be uh, repetitious. You have to repeat them often. You have to remind people again and again. And I, we both know about the, the, the PR and psychological studies that say you have to tell people something 10 times before they actually remember it and 20 times before they might actually act upon it. 
that repetition uh, sometimes it seems a little monotonous, but it actually is quite reinforcing them. I remember talking with colleagues on the campus when we'd say, we know it's working when someone else begins to tell us our story. It means we must have repeated it often enough in enough ways for it to be remembered and hopefully seen as something worthwhile. So if those expectations can be clearly articulated, important, but then from there repeated to the appropriate publics, and that includes board, community, government, and, and if it's a state institution, and then of course to the the faculty, the staff, the students, and those alumni members who have a very strong and can ongoing relationship with the institution as well. So we certainly can't look at communication as anything less than absolutely central to the success of a president or a board. And it's an area that you can spend your entire life cultivating, uh, improving, reviewing, learning in order to be able to be sure that you are that you are connecting with the people that you serve. If we can't communicate, we can't lead. Don, in summary, what are the top three or so takeaways from our episode today? Well, for me, and I think for what we've been talking about, we've probably repeated them a couple of times, but I think communication is central to a leader's success. And in order to have that success, among the many dimensions of communication, we focus today, I think, appropriately on clarity, on consistency, on being comprehensive, on uh, expectations being understood, and most appropriately, being able to communicate in times of challenge with a sense of calm. It doesn't mean indifference, but it means that you, you help others adjust and adapt to the challenges by the way you say what you say and how you do what you do. Your words and your actions are the proof of your leadership. Thanks for joining us for our discussion of communication. Make sure to visit our website at newscape.us. Also, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. Join us next time as we finish this series on five key factors for campus success with a discussion of team building.